0: Hello, welcome to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, another episode with Dr. Heidi, your toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. Uh, If you can tell, that is not me. Uh, This is Angela, and of course I'm here with Melissa as well, and we have a fun episode planned for you today. So, To give you a little bit of background information, we have had a lot of people messaging in and asking a lot of questions about Dr. Heidi. We want to know more about Dr. Heidi. So today we thought it would be fun to do kind of an impromptu interview with Dr. Heidi. So we're about to see uh, if I really should have switched my major to journalism back in college.
1: Yes, they have (laughs) cornered me and I'm nervous. So if you hear me stumbling around, it's because I'm not great on impromptu questions. So we'll see. so Melissa
0: and I asked around some for some questions that people want to know about Dr. Heidi. So we're just going to go ahead and take turns asking Dr. Heidi some of those questions. Okay, so first thing I'm going to ask Dr. Heidi, what are some of your favorite things to do in your downtime? Any hobbies or guilty pleasures?
1: Oh, brother. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do in my downtime is hang out with my husband, which I know it's silly, um, but... Yeah, he's my best friend. So that's my favorite thing to do. Hobbies. Um, hobbies, I like to thrift. Um, I like to thrift for clothing, which is <laughs> funny. Um, but I love that, and I think I like it because nobody bugs me when I'm thrifting. Um, the other thing I like to do is I decorate and redecorate my house a lot.
0: You're a good decorator, too. Her house always looks so cute.
1: It's tiny, tiny. But, and then my guilty <laughs> pleasures is I am a big country music
2: dancing fan. So I like to go to Nashville a lot. That is true. That's very fun. All right, question number two kind of goes with question number one. What's your favorite item of clothing or accessory to wear since you like to thrift? You guys already know what I'm going to answer to right? (laughs) Yes. The only thing I do not thrift
1: are my cowboy boots. (laughs) I have a cowboy boot problem. So yeah, cowboy boots.
0: Cowboy boots, for sure. Yeah, we knew that one when we asked it. We were like, oh. OK. Getting into more serious questions here. So why coaching? What made toxic relationship awareness and healing your passion?
1: Um, Why coaching? Well, I've been in healthcare for 22 years. And little did I know that when I wanted to start coaching, it was going to have anything to do with toxic relationships. I just felt like I had been through some stuff in my life that could help people. But when I started coaching, I was really coaching on making yourself a priority. So how the toxic relationship evolved was um, the people that were identifying with having trouble making themselves a priority ended up being people that had been involved or raised in or had just gotten out of a toxic relationship type situation. So it, the original plan was not toxic relationship. Um, it evolved into that, which is perfect because it gives my past some meaning.
2: Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. in your coaching program what are the top three pieces of advice you find the most important to tell your clients oh yikes Um, let's see
1: a toxic person in general will probably not change much so you need to be able to change the way you react to the toxic person Mm -hmm. would be one Um, another one would be you cannot control what they say or what they do. The only thing you can control is what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. And I have to think of another one.
2: Yep, one more. Um, oh,
1: probably the fact that you have permission to leave or change any situation that is not healthy for yes. you.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And we give a lot of people permission <clears throat> to care.
0: We do. It's, we
2: do. Actually, uh, the number two that you just said, you can't control people, but how you... Deal with it is what you can control. I just give that advice to my 13-year-old. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: So that's a good one.
2: Till she throws it back in your face. Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Then we never said that. And then I'd be like, oh, that was all Dr. Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Um, do you approach each coaching client the same? Same questions, same process, et cetera.
1: Um, the very beginning of the process is the same, um, but after the first initial contact, no, it... Completely diversifies and customizes into whatever the person's situation is. Um, coach, um, toxic relationships are not discriminatory. They don't discriminate against age, race, social status, you know, income bracket, anything like that. And so you you have a lot of different um, diversities that come in when toxic relationships are dealt with. So uh, what I normally do is I have people take the toxicity profile analysis at the beginning. And then from there, I can see what type of toxic personality they're dealing with. And each individual person is different. Now, toxic people, once you learn their character traits, operate very similarly to each other. But each situation is definitely different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think even when I am talking to people on the phone, people ask, I, I wrote down this question because I get, that. I get asked mm-hmm. that question a lot. And it's true. Everyone's, everyone's situation is different. We treat it accordingly. Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Tell us about the moment you finally decided you had had enough. <clears throat> Ooh, let's see. Okay, so f- for those of you who don't know,
1: um, I don't talk about my past a lot on here, but I have had a series of toxic relationships, and they weren't all the same dynamic. And let's see. Tell us a little bit about the moment when I decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Or I yes. do, okay, yeah. Um, um, each yeah. one. Each, the ending of each one of these relationships actually internally felt about exactly the same. And to describe it, it was a weight lifting off of my shoulders because I no longer cared what other people thought and I think <clears throat> sorry I have a tickle in my throat. I think at the end of each one it was me adopting courage. Not that I was not afraid to end it, but courage is the heart to act in spite of fear and every single one that I ended was a very fearful day for me. Mm. So it's not easy at all. Even though you know you wanna end it or change it, um, it's not easy.
0: It's not. Um, you, in our next question, kind of going towards that, you attribute a lot of that and getting over that fear to your husband. Uh, so you mentioned wanting to pay forward the education and the understanding you received when you were in your toxic relationships. And you attribute much of that to Jeremy, your husband. So tell us about Jeremy and how he kind of defines those moments for you. Oh,
1: this is my favorite thing to talk about on the planet.
0: (laughs) We Um, know. I don't
1: know if he listens to these. Occasionally, he probably does. Um, He will tell everybody that I give him too much credit. But there was something um, when I met him, and I wasn't dating him when I met him. I didn't even know I really liked him when I met him. He was certainly not on my radar for another relationship when I met him. However, um after talking to him for like less than a week and I was in a very upsetting uh, situation, I think the biggest thing that stands out in my mind is, and if you've been in a toxic relationship and you've tried to leave, you know the feeling of panic um, during, during the last few steps that you take. And I remember him saying, well, I feel like you have two options. Um, and remember, I don't know him very well at this time. He said, either you can stay there and continue to do what you've been doing for the last 20 years, or you can step out of it and we can figure something else out. And it was just him saying, you can stay there and do that, or... And when he said, or, it gave me the, the feeling that there might be some hope, and there was actually maybe another option than staying. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was kind of the big deal.
0: I love that. We love it when she tells us that story.
2: <laughs> Sometimes it just takes one person to give you that hope or that option or just to bring it up like you don't think about it right and, actually, in it, and it so. was funny
1: too because you know other people who loved and supported me had tried to help me out and tried to get me through these situations and this is somebody I hardly even met and it was like he said you can either stay there and do what you've been doing or you can we can figure something else out and it was like a light switch i was like oh okay well let's do the second <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: I choose option two.
1: All right. So it says So really he gave me permission.
0: Yeah. He gave me yeah, exactly. to go
1: back, he gave me permission, mm-hmm. you know, to change mm-hmm. something.
2: So that was then. This <clears throat> question's very goes along with that. It says, Tell us a little bit about where you are now. So that was then, and here's now. Oh brother. <laughs> um
1: now I am married. I've been married for six and a half years. Um and we together have no children, but between the both of us, we have three girls, uh, two grown up and out of the house, and we have one remaining who is a senior. Um, let's see, I live out in the country. I was raised in Montana, so out in the country is really where I feel like my home is. Um, I work with a great team now, and it has changed even more in the last couple of weeks um, I have a wellness center and the two that are on the podcast with me are the two employees that work in the wellness center with me and they're my two teammates. So for me to be able to live with my best friend and work with my best friends is huge. I love my job and I love meeting people and giving people, uh, inspiration that there might be something different out there for them.
0: Oh, I love that answer. I'm <laughs> well, making them cry, I think. <laughs> I know, don't start. Okay, switching gears again. Um, so you have put together the 21 characteristics of the toxic person. But let me ask you a question. Which of the toxic character traits do you think personally affects you the most?
1: Um, okay, there's a couple, and the reason I'm gonna say that they affect me the most is because I can I can still tell to this day. Um, that I'm affected by them and one is probably deflection and the deflection is when you present an issue or something you want to talk about and a toxic person will right away give you an excuse why you shouldn't feel that way or you're being too sensitive or you're overreacting Mm -hmm. and it's pushed me into a place where I don't want to be overreactive and I don't want to be naggy so I let things pile up which then only pushes me to be overreactive So I feel like the deflection of me always downplaying something that may be bothering me so that I don't cause conflict in the end um, kind of turns me into Dr. Godzilla sometimes. And then then I get overrun with guilt because what comes out of my mouth is not at all what I meant to come out of my mouth, but I let it pile up and then it's an explosion. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I do think um, has affected me and it probably started with criticisms and comparisons. But I have to continually tell myself that, you know, we don't care what other people think. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you, and I'm to the point now where all I have to do is say I don't care what they think and it goes away. But I've struggled with it over the years of not daring doing stuff because of what other people would think. And I know I'm moving forward on that, but that is definitely, like the approval. Well, what, what if this doesn't work out? What are gonna, people going to say? Or what is she going to say? Or is she going to be mad? And. Um, I am getting better at that, but I just know that's residual from mm-hmm. past stuff. Conflict avoidance is what it is.
2: No one is perfect. We all have something, and we all tend to have some some toxic qualities. What would you say you struggle with the most?
0: Do you oh, have you
2: guys quality? are calling. <laughs> oh, well, you know that's a good question for all of us. I was going to probably say,
1: all we got each answer that, that,
0: that honestly.
1: Okay, I believe everybody in everybody has toxic characteristics obviously um they are contagious if you're living in the environment eventually you fight fire with fire and you adopt toxic characteristics now um if this is going to be a tough one um i have a couple i i am certain that i do some blaming here and there um you know if it's not something i want to admit that i did wrong i'm i probably do some blaming so that's not very attractive um, one, one of the things that pops out to me is not necessarily one of the characteristics, but it was absolutely something that was a learned behavior in my past. I was never a yeller, and through my toxic relationships, I was trained to yell, and that was a fight fire with fire because when somebody's yelling or somebody's screaming, eventually you end up sc- screaming back. And I remember um, in one instance, uh, the, the people that I love are the ones that get, get yelled at. And I think it's because the people that I love and the people that love me, I feel like it's safe to yell at them because they'll forgive me. Oh, that is so true. So I, and then I feel very, very guilty when that happens, if I'm yelling at my kids or I'm yelling at um, my husband. Um, Yeah, I adopted yelling somewhere, but it it wasn't in my upbringing. It was through Mm -hmm. different relationships that I just, it's, I contracted yelling.
0: Mm -hmm. I do. I want to go ahead and ask, I want to ask Melissa that too. So you, yeah. I want you to oh, answer that as well. Right off the top of my head, definitely in the silent treatment.
2: But mine is more of, I like to have my emotions under control before I, well, I have a hard time expressing my emotions, first of all. I don't like conflict or anything, so I like to keep it all in. But for the most part, I think the silent treatment, because I can go two, three days trying to get my my thoughts and process before I say something. And I think that comes off because I don't want to be bothered. You need to leave me alone Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. I can figure out, you know, what I'm feeling and doing. And so I think that comes across as the silent treatment. And there are some times when I do that, then after, you know, three, four days, then I, I don't want conflict. So I don't say anything at all. And that would go into my second one. I will keep it in, keep it in, and <laughs> so, keep it in until I explode. Okay, I was gonna uh, say. Woo.
1: I was gonna say. So you're opposite of me. I keep it in and explode, and you keep it in and forget
2: it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm depends. I'm a it little depends gumbo. on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> I am more keep it in, keep it in, and don't say anything. And you know what I've learned. But from then that? it comes across as a silent treatment because it's taken me a week and a half, you know, to get there. So. And then it, and then you blow up eventually. Yeah. And then it you know, and it could be. I think that's something. Two all months later. Yes. Something. Well, that's that's what, it'll be two months later and something that's related to what, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, mm-hmm. will come out and then I'll just, you know. And, and then, then you look like the crazy one a crazy one because they're one because like, like, really, was it huh? that big a
1: deal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know it's from trying to avoid conflict that I, I mm-hmm. you know, because actually if you take all of those things that are bothering you and you separate them out, they're really not that big a deal. But when you let them pile up, it's like, yeah, they become volcano, yeah. absolutely, volcano. Um,
0: and I'm going to go ahead and answer that too because. I I feel like I'm in the same position as Dr. Hadi. I do a little bit of the blame. I do a little bit of the deny, counter accuse thing. You know, he, I, he wants to know what's wrong, so I tell him, and or the other way around, and mm-hmm. suddenly it's all his fault. Well, you know what? I wouldn't be mad if you had just done this. I wouldn't be the way I was if you weren't <laughs> You, had the way just you taken were just taking the trash out. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think the differences, and that kind of goes into our next question, is you know. Uh, The difference is is eventually, after I cool off a little bit, I can come back and say, okay, you know what? You were right. Right. Um, And that, I think, goes into our next question, Mm -hmm. which is where does the line cross from unhealthy to toxic? Um, Well, this
1: is what, this is obviously not scientific. This is my opinion. But uh, when I, because I have three daughters who then are seeking, you know, relationships with people. I am always a big, did you see any red flags? Did you notice any co- toxic traits? Did you? Um, because every every one of us has already been through it, so I just want to make sure that the cycle's not repeated. Um, you know, if it happens, everybody's entitled to a bad day. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. entitled to occasionally having meltdowns, having blow ups. Dr. You know, Godzilla. That, that, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that kind of thing. But it's when you notice that it reoccurs and it's a repetitive cycle that you can feel when it's coming or mm-hmm. it happens time and time again that's when I think you really need to start looking about the, you know, the health mm-hmm. of the relationship mm-hmm. um, and how you feel after a incident occurs. If it's something that repetitively is making you feel worse about yourself or making you feel less than enough, then you should probably look into it a little more as maybe this isn't the best, best thing for me right now. Okay.
2: The next question is a good one. Um, whoever wrote in with this one. You frequently speak about no contact. Tell us what that means.
1: Okay, it would be a better world if people could actually no contact when they were trying to leave a toxic um, environment. What no contact means is it means absolutely cutting a toxic person off until you can heal and you can get strong enough and understand the situation to go back into it without having them affect you. But in reality, that's very hard because usually the toxic people in our life are the people who are closest to us. So you're in some type of close relationship with these people, um, and toxic people are very manipulative. So toxic people in your life at any level are going to affect you. Um, no contact means blocking them on the email, blocking them on Facebook, blocking them from your cell phone, absolutely don't answering the phone, not answering the door, so that you can they can understand that you're not reacting to them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what they want to know is that they can cause a reaction, which to them lets them know that they can still control your emotions. Right. So by going no contact, which means absolutely no contact, you aren't giving them a reaction or letting them be allowed to read any of your
2: emotions until you're ready mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to be seen again. Yeah. Or never. Or never, because I was going to say, sometimes you can <clears> let them <throat> back in, and right away it'll... Yeah. And you think, oh, why did I do that? I should have known, but yeah. you think you're at a good spot, and then... So mm-hmm. you really have to watch, but you have the permission to go no contact again. You yep. don't have to you know to do it. So,
1: you know, and I, that happens all the
2: time. Yep. I thought I was
1: doing so good, and then he texts yeah. me about something, or she asked me to help her with something, and I felt bad. So, and now I'm back or, in the situation. I think with that, especially family members are mm-hmm. a good example. Yep, mm-hmm. definitely, because you can't. It's much yeah. harder to axe a family member
0: right. out, which I think goes directly into our next question, which we hear a lot is secondly, we have a lot of listeners who've asked what you would suggest if they are unable to 100% go no contact with their toxic person. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a kid, it's a parent, it's a close family member. Is no contact the only way to handle a toxic person?
1: No, but what I would suggest is going to www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. <laughs> and it's, the only reason I say that is we've already been there so it is much easier for us to, un- to hear your situation and, and say, don't do what you're, what you're used to doing. Let's try this and see if that works. So if you are struggling with that, that's what we're here for. But anyway, back to the question. Um, if, you are, if you have custody, you know, joint custody of children or you've got marital assets that have to be discussed or you own property together or what have you that you can't go 100% no contact, you need to learn to um, respond to the people with no emotion you have to learn to not react when they're expecting a reaction. And if they throw something at you and you don't react, they're gonna throw something harsher at you um, to try and get you to react. So it is a learned behavior to not react. But if you've been in a toxic relationship for a long time, we tend to to continually do the same thing thinking we're gonna get different results. So us here at Coaching with Dr. Heidi that's where we intervene and we say, why are you doing that? You've done that the last 27 times and that hasn't worked. Let's try it this way. But until you know or have some suggestions on how to change the behavior, um, it's much easier just to continue to fall uh, right back into it. So um, we do have a lot of good answers for that. I could talk on that forever, so I'll just stop there. With If you have questions on it, message us.
2: Yes. So the next one, I this next question I can identify with, but the question is... Um, when you feel trapped, can you identify with that feeling in any way and what would you suggest? So you have a listener, she's asking, you know, how, what would you do? I feel very trapped in the situation that I'm in.
1: I, I think don't... we hear the word trapped or mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in prison um, or I feel like I'm stuck. I I feel like we hear that probably from 90% of the clients that come in here. And yes, I know a lot of people feel financially trapped or... Um, trapped because of children or trapped because of monetary or trapped because they have no place to go. But I can identify with all of those. But I really feel like my biggest feeling of of being trapped was the fact that I no longer had a voice. I I, I didn't make decisions because um, I was afraid that they were going to be the wrong one and there was going to be conflict. And I didn't give my opinion because I didn't want to hear what somebody thought of my opinion. So my feeling of trapped really was, I found myself no longer being me and my, my voice was gone yep. you know and, mm-hmm. and being stuck in something in a body that doesn't feel like yours is what I would consider being trapped but the financial and all of that you know also plays into it and especially
2: kids um, oh definitely kids absolutely alright this next one came in from a listener and this is a good question <laughs> and it's one that we've, we've been asked before but a very good one. What would you do in my situation? My toxic person pushes me and pushes me to tell him what's wrong, and then when I do, he insists that I'm the one at fault for being upset with him, and that he really didn't do any wrong at all. He tells me I'm overreacting and being dramatic, and that I'm the one who should apologize, not him. How should I handle this?
1: Okay, so this question we've probably seen 18 times with a little bit different scenarios in mm-hmm. this one. But what's going on in this type of situation, that's, that's the deflection mm-hmm. um, character trait that I was talking about earlier that I have felt had affected me. And what they're doing when, when they turn at the tables and all of a sudden you're the one at fault is, it allows a toxic person not to take responsibility for whatever the issue was that was bothering you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you come to them with an issue or you say you wanna talk or I'm having, I'm struggling with this, can we talk? And if they can say, well, you're crazy or you're overreacting or do we have to do this again or oh, really, you're crying again, mm-hmm. um, that immediately makes us feel like we should never have brought it up because now it's our fault for being too sensitive or for overreacting or for crying or for, even questioning them on their behavior. So the focus goes back on to us Mm -hmm. and allows the toxic person to not, again, be responsible for their actions. Right. Um, So basically, um, in a situation like that, what would you do? I honestly, they want a reaction. So if you blow up or try to explain or all of that, you're giving them what they want. I would personally come up with phrases that say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I won't Mm -hmm. bring it up again. And then... Go to www. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It's just because we've been through it that it's easy for us to see it from the outside, Um, and it's hard for you when you're standing in the center of an argument or a situation like this to know what a good answer is. Right, Um, and this is one I've
2: had to deal with too. And giving them, you've learned giving them a reaction is feeding into exactly what they want. Right. I think I just, I think at the time I just said, well, why are you asking me how I feel if you're just wanting a certain reaction Mm -hmm. out of me? And I just left at that, and I think I walked away. Yeah. Don't I, ask me how I'm supposed to, you know, what I feel because, you, yeah, yeah, you're. And I think I said because you, def, you know, I started using coaching turns on him, and he just, you know. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, so that actually leads to a different point. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, so then, what do you do if you have an issue that you want to bring up? Okay, do we not bring it up because we know this is going to happen? Right. So, in my in my opinion, if there's issues that then can't be addressed you're back onto eight of the other toxic characteristics. Mm-hmm. So then you might want to start giving your permission, giving yourself permission to look at options, how to change the dynamic of the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I have one last question before we do something kind of fun. And Dr. Heidi doesn't know what we're doing yet, but Melissa and I came up with a fun little game. Um, so last question. If you had a magic wand and could change just one thing, but it could be anything, what would it be? As Can far as toxic relationship? It? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Or, actually, I mean, answer it however you'd like, even if it's something silly.
1: For people coming out of, obviously, if I had a wand, I would take toxic relationships away. I was going to yeah. say, I mean, yeah,
0: that's the answer. But. but,
1: you know what, if I had a wand that I could change one thing about toxic relationships, it would be to remove the triggers that you have to deal with for years and years mm-hmm. and years after. In the aftermath. Leave. Yes. yes, that is. A great I
0: agree. Answer because you,
1: they're very hard to explain when you're ten years out and you're still having them, mm-hmm. and the people mm-hmm. around you are like, "Really? It's been ten years. We can't blame you know." Mm-hmm. Can't, and and you struggle internally with not being able to handle the triggers, also. So I think if I had a magic wand, according to the toxic relationship <laughs> realm, I would take people's triggers away.
0: And, you know, I think that's such a great answer because we, we phrased this question a couple different ways before we landed on this one, and I think that's just so perfect because you've mentioned before in your own personal story you wouldn't have changed your past because it's brought you to where you are now, and that can be true of anyone's story. Oh, I never thought about that. But, yeah, having, but having those triggers removed would be super awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, and because, you know, the more I coach, the more people I'm meeting – And, you know, the people I meet, they're automatically adopted into coaching with Dr. Heidi. I mean, I meet them, you guys know them, we know about their personal...
0: Oh, absolutely. So it's
1: like all of a sudden we're a family. And so to watch people go through these triggers is very painful to me. It is. Now, if I had a magic wand and I could change anything outside (laughs) of that, oh boy.
0: I know, there could be so much we could do could be so some, ultimately somebody get on this ultimately i would
1: love to be able to be doing exactly what we're doing and being able to do the conferences in more than one location oh yeah every year and us be traveling so we can get the word out to more people make
0: our families bigger oh, that
1: kind of went right back to toxic relationship okay i just get more cowboy boots
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so we came up with a couple of fun little phrases so we're gonna play a game of this or that so it's kind of a rapid fire. You have to just answer as quickly as possible. So we're going to give you two options. Okay.
2: You should see the look on her face right now. I know.
0: <laughs> we're going to give you the option of this or that. And quickly, you have to give us your answer. And okay. there's nothing serious. This is just kind of a fun one. OK, you ready? OK. OK, we're going to. Melissa and I are going to take turns. OK, ready? Ready. Heels or boots? Boots. Peanut butter or chocolate? Oh, peanut butter. <laughs> Coffee or wine? What time of day is it? <laughs> no, You have two. Coffee. One. Coffee. Cool colors or warm colors? Cool. Short hair or long hair?
2: Long. Mountains or ocean? Mountains.
0: Cardio or weights?
2: Weights. <laughs> oh, this one's a good one. John Wick or Tom Hardy? Oh!
0: <laughs> I have to pick. You yes. have to pick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Life is Keanu 20. Reeves. John Wick.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, summer or winter? summer? Hamburger or tacos? Hamburger. Pen or pencil? Pen. Sweater or hoodie? Sweater. All right, which is worse? Laundry or dishes? Oh, dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Dog or cat?
1: Which is worse? No, which Kind of which one do you prefer okay this is funny because we are overrun with dogs at our house right now so you know it'd be kind of enlightening to have a cat
0: <laughs> okay and then last one cake or pie cake oh, me too i love course, i like both but that
1: was fun
0: i know we just did something fun um so we're just wanted to wrap up on kind of a fun note but i do have one more question before we kind of go into our announcements And that is, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to someone struggling to put themselves first?
1: Um, The biggest piece of advice would be, Rome is not built in a day. Mm. So don't think you're going to wake up Tuesday morning Mm -hmm. and you're going to make the decision to take care of yourself and move on from this in one day. So I would say, do one thing for yourself every day. And that doesn't mean you have to go get a pedicure. It means take a cup of coffee to a quiet place. Or take an extra long shower, or Mm -hmm. but one thing for yourself every day, even if it's driving home with no radio on. But do something where you're present with yourself every day.
2: I love that. It's great advice too.
1: Because once you start, it will build on itself.
0: Perfect. Actually, well, that's all we have. So, but to before, I'm going to go ahead and have Dr. Heidi kind of do our end of podcast announcements, but I want to go ahead and spur off that question by just saying, what's next for Coaching with Dr. Heidi?
1: Let's see. What's next for Coaching with Dr. Heidi? Um, actually, I'm hoping kind of what I said with the magic wand. I'm hoping within the next year, two years, we are actually traveling with the conferences, which right now we're only hosting in St. Louis. And the next one, um, location is still being determined. It's in St. Louis. We just don't have the venue um, finalized but it is April five, six and seven. So um, it's the it's not normal, it's toxic annual conference. And um, last year was phenomenal. We're hoping for um, another good year. We're gonna have a lot of different um, resources for you there and some different split outs and a lot of information for anybody who is questioning their relationship or having trouble moving forward or there to find information out for a friend who possibly could not be there for whatever reason um so save the date for the conference it's in st louis the 5th 6th and the 7th of april
0: yes we've promised to have registration information out for you soon
1: yes probably within the week i'm hoping
0: yeah absolutely
1: so um and and um, there'll be an option to do a full conference ticket or a one-day ticket as we know there's um, certain uh, restrictions on people getting out and being able to attend
0: yes but save those dates April 5th 6th and 7th
1: Um, the other announcement that I have and I think I said it last week we are (laughs) actually running a special you guys all know that the freedom me online coaching program is up and available for purchase on the website Um, that was by suggestion for clients who cannot get to me or cannot be on the phone or cannot have a lot of contact with me but still wanted to get the information so it is the full um, my full six months coaching program in a self-study Um,
0: online format
1: uh, yeah online format and you can actually print it out if you can't if you don't want to continually be logging on and getting it through email you can actually get on there print the whole thing out throw it in a binder leave it at work leave it in your trunk or wherever you feel it's safe to study it Um, but right now because our goal at Coaching with Dr. Heidi is to reach as many people as we can there is actually pricing options you can you are able to pay what you would value your freedom at um, that way you can kind of base it upon your needs and your budget and still be able to get a hold of the information that you'll need um, to remove yourself from toxic environments. So jump on the website and you can see the different options there. Uh, the TPA is still available, obviously. We have the toxicity profile <clears throat> analysis coming in. I do, I do notice that a lot of stuff goes on at night because we get a lot of this type of correspondence in the evening. Um, and then you have the option to set up a consultation with me to go over your toxicity profile analysis. All of that is on the website. Um, Is there anything, other announcements you can, please share the podcast, subscribe to it if um, you haven't already so that you don't miss an episode. Um, Yeah, I don't know, is there anything
0: else? Uh, No, I think that's it. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit more about Dr. Heidi and enjoyed kind of our little team building exercise here. Uh, thanks to Melissa for helping me put this little project together. And of course for Dr. Heidi for being such a good sport.
1: I kind of have a still nervous in my stomach. <laughs> I'm <It's> sorry. Over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you did great. So I think everyone will love hearing all your wonderful answers.
1: All right, thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon.